Well, what do you know? They brought us back for a second show, Jamie. I just pressed the on button for my mic, so I'm here. Here we go. Yes, we are all accounted for. Uh, Steve Courtney, Jamie Edmonds, uh, my co-host from WDIV, and uh, we are jumping into this uh, second edition of. And we're not going to number every show from this point on. But, no, you know because uh, you know I don't want to take my socks off and get to a point where then I got to do math and you know that's terrible. <laughs> um, lots of great things to discuss here. Uh, first and foremost, uh, your Lions, rest of the National Football League. Uh, they have until 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon to go from 80 to 53. And then it is game on. There has been a couple of surprises uh, out of Allen Park. We'll talk about that. Uh, but still, back to this BMW championship. Okay. Uh, I can't tell you how enjoyable it was, and I didn't want it to end. Um, the way this thing unfolded, uh, six playoff holes, uh, with everything on the line, uh, was just something to watch. Sudden death is fun to watch. Every, every shot. Yes. And these two guys were not talking to each other. There was no friendly banter. They were doing their thing and not even looking in the other's direction. You know what, Jamie? I was thinking about that. I, I, I was wondering if it was Patrick Cantley and anybody else, right? would there have been dialogue? Ooh, good question. Because of the way some of the players feel about Bryson DeChambeau. That is a great question. Well, and also, if DeChambeau calls you out and asks you to stop walking, right? there's well, bad blood right there. You know about that in, like, your men's league or your ladies' league. If someone does that to you, you immediately are upset with that person. Or, conversely, look, if you want to bang pots and pans on my backswing, I don't care. <laughs> you know, but that's just me. But I thought, reading into the psychology of it all, I thought Patrick Cantlay took that and ran with it. You look at that 22-foot putt, again, on 18 in regulation. Now, if I've got a 5-foot putt for $10 and a beer, I'm a mess. Right. <laughs> a 22 I've seen that in person. With everything on the line. Yeah. He sinks it. But he was he was sinking huge putts, whether it was for birdie or par or bogey. Yeah. You know, I don't think he missed one inside five feet. Now, you might be saying, well, you know, that's easy. But again, with everything going on, it was uh, just phenomenal to watch. Well, I looked this up because, you know, he made putts from eight feet for par, eight feet for bogey, 20 feet for birdie on the final three holes just to get into mm. the playoff. And then he has par putts of six feet and seven feet on the 18th hole. Drains them. That's why they call him Patty Ice. Well, and you know what? All the power in the world do him because, you know, he'll go into next week's tour championship already at 10 under. It's a crazy uh, dynamic the way they have this, you know, all figured out. But I thought one of the amazing things, you know, watching that, you know, Cantlay and DeChambeau aside, was how big of a tournament was for so many. Because if you're outside the top 30, and there were a couple for a minute, look at Sergio Garcia. Right. He was in. He was out. He's back in. The drama is fantastic. It's a, it's a wonderful format. So uh, congratulations to everyone involved. And uh, that uh, was amazing viewing. Uh, again, uh, back to Taylor North. Um, and that community, they're probably still partying. 
I think so. I might make a run down there after this show. (laughs) (laughs) Have you gotten invitations? No. (laughs) I talked to the manager, Eulen. I mean, the coach, Eulen. And he was just saying he loves that Taylor is on the map now. People on ESPN nationally are talking about Taylor, Michigan, and that's pretty cool. Well, again, uh, at the beginning of the album show, I had a uh, conversation with Mr. Rick Thorning, the skipper himself. And uh, he was talking about, you know, exactly what goes into putting a Little League championship team together. And uh, there's a lot. And by the way, uh, they were away from home, some of them away from their parents, for I think 24 days. Yeah. So, I mean, you you know, to have the wherewithal to compete and your kids... And, you know, it's an experience they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. Of course. And I asked them if there was going to be some sort of return party either today or last night. And the answer was no, because they just wanted to see their parents. They wanted to reunite with their family members and celebrate with their family and not come back on a bus as a oh, whole yeah. team. Well, and you know what? I- imagine this, Jamie. I mean, you're you're competing as youngsters going through a lot of COVID protocol. Testing. Daily, oh. I think. It's, uh, you know, unbelievable. And to rise to the occasion like they did. But as I shared with uh, uh, Rick, they had Ryan Day, uh, fine football coach at Ohio State. Did you see that piece he did? No. About, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, you're playing that school, that, that uh, state up north. And anytime you play that state up north, it's got to be game on. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's fun. And, I asked Rick if uh, he ever brought that to their attention that they're playing a that state down south. Right. I said no, never really occurred. You know, we just kept it. And he, you know, I guess the uh, team from Ohio, uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, staff, great kids. Sure. And that's what the Little League World Series is all about. Also, you know, they might have been competitors while the games were going on. They played wiffle ball with each with each of the teams in the evening. Because, you know, they're kids and they wanted to have fun and they didn't have to get COVID tested there at the very end. So they were able to congregate all together and play wiffle ball. I love it. Yeah. Nothing better than wiffle ball. You know, that's another thing that's gone by the wayside for crying out loud. (laughs) Wiffle ball. A game of wiffle ball used to break out all the time. And now I don't understand what's happening. You're mad about the iCloud and now wiffle ball. Oh, the cloud. (laughs) I don't know what's going on there either. Uh, stick around, folks. Uh, we have more of this WJR Sportsbook coming your way, as we've been discussing. Uh, the Lions, a couple of surprises already out of Allen Park as far as players who are now former Lions. NFL teams will cut from 80 to 53. That must be done by 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. We're going to check in with our old buddy. He's been covering the Lions for a while, Justin Rogers, beat writer with the Detroit uh, News. He will have his insights when we continue here on 760 WJR. Welcome back into the program, folks. A uh, big day for National Football League teams. Cutting that roster down to the final 53. That must be done by 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. For a staff, uh, not a whole lot of fun. Uh, going around and uh, asking for playbooks back and such. But as we find out, uh, there was a few surprises uh, out in Allen Park today as we check in with our old buddy, Justin Rogers, Lions beat writer for the Detroit News. Justin, how you doing, sir? 
old buddy, huh? So the word that I turned 40 made it to your airwaves? That's good. It's all yeah. relative, Justin. Yeah, I heard. There. Hey, listen, there's <laughs> there's nothing uh, old about 40. I've, I've got genes that are 40, for crying out loud. <laughs> uh, now, here's the deal. Uh, when Brad Holmes, Lions GM... Uh, began putting together uh, some free agent signings. He goes after the veteran wide receiver, Brashard Perriman. Uh, you're thinking, Justin, at the time, okay, it's a position of need for the Honolulu Blue and Silver. Uh, should be able to make a contribution. Uh, that is not going to be the case because uh, he's gone. Yeah, I, w- I would go as far as to say, you know, after the draft and, and what they did in the draft, you, you probably were safe projecting Perriman as, as a starter. Right, you know, this is a guy that uh, first-round pedigree. So he's had some injuries throughout his career, but um, you look at the yards per catch number, and and you see some, you, you see the vision, if you will, uh, speed on the outside, and and you use your weapons in, in T.J. Hawkinson and maybe the running backs underneath. Um, but the the durability concerns that you know plagued Perriman throughout his career once again cropped up. Um, you know, missed some time in, in training camp, um, you know, wasn't particularly effective before that in the early portion of the off season. And once he got back, you know, wasn't particularly effective once again. So, you know, there, he was challenged by Dan Campbell kind of in, in the, the, the press conferences leading up to the um, final preseason game, you know, a final audition, if you will, and uh, dropped two passes in that game. And I think that that pretty much sealed his fate. Justin, the running backs, we have lots of questions there. We kind of know who's going to be, you know, the starters, the one, two, but that three spot, we don't yet know. Godwin Igwebuke, I've been practicing his name. Is that all for naught or is he going to make the team? You know, I, I think Jamar Jefferson, the the rookie um, seventh round pick out of Oregon State is, is probably in that third spot. Uh, he got the start in that final preseason game and, you know, I think showed what they liked about him in the pre-draft process with his vision. Uh, with with Godwin, you know, I, I think he has pushed enough for them to keep a fourth running back. You know, I don't know how much playing time he'll see in that role this season. You know, you have to remember this kid was playing defensive back only uh, two months ago. It was it was a very late decision to convert him to offense. It's not an easy transition, even though he did it in high school. I think most of his contributions early will come in um, special teams and and possibly even as a return man if if he does make it. But um, you know, based on the praise that, that Campbell threw his way after that, that third and final preseason game, um, you know, reading between the lines, I, I do think that he probably makes this roster. Justin, once again, I think we're all in agreement that uh, this Lions offensive line has the potential uh, to be one of the better units in the NFL. Um, and I don't think there's uh, anybody that covers this team like yourself on a regular basis that wasn't a fan of uh, Terrell Crosby, uh, the human being. Uh, just a delight to chat with and when you take a look at who will start on that unit for the lions this year it's absolutely phenomenal but then there's a dip off as far as depth goes and i thought for sure uh terrell crosby uh had a place i know they tried to move him at the trade deadline uh but he was let go as well were you surprised in any way shape or form by that yeah, I, I absolutely was. You know, it was a pretty precipitous fall from starting last year. You know, he didn't walk into that season as a starter, but, um, you know, got it due to injury uh, very early in the season and didn't let it go. And we we knew that he was destined to go back to a, a reserve role this year with the, the addition of Panay Sewell in the draft. But, um, you know, I thought Crosby was probably their safest bet as a backup offensive lineman, being able to play both the left and right tackle spot. That's a, a really premium 
uh, asset to have in, in a league where backup offensive linemen generally are, are not very good. Uh, so, you know, it was, there was reason, too, that he, they were shopping him to see what kind of market he could bring back. Another guy that, that just dealt with an injury all through training camp, it was a, a grade one hamstring strain for him that, that kind of limit him, limited him throughout the, uh, the preseason. He came back in that final game and he only played nine snaps. He got really badly beat for a sack, uh, the one that, that injured quarterback, backup quarterback Tim Boyle. Um, and, and it seemed like that injury just hadn't quite healed itself. And so the Lions had an option. Um, they, they could have kept him on the 53-man roster, you know, cut somebody else, and then put Crosby on IR and let him heal for three-plus weeks, or they could cut him outright. And um, they, they took that option B. Um, I'm pretty surprised about it. Uh, I don't like the, the depth that they have beyond him. Uh, they're probably their next best offensive tackle in, the, in terms of uh, backups. Dan Skipper was also lost for the season due to injury. So um, I think it's a, really a spot that they're going to – you know, look to the waiver wire as, as teams make cuts here and, and hope to find, um, you know, a little bit more stability at that spot behind the, the starters. Justin, you just wrote about this in the Detroit News this afternoon about QB Tim Boyle getting surgery for that broken thumb. I remember the third preseason game, you know, everyone was talking about who's going to be the backup. I guess the answer is clear now. Yeah, you know, I thought it was Boyle's job to lose, and, and I thought he did enough in that, that third preseason game to probably retain that role as a backup um you know i think the, the most amazing thing is he broke a thumb on his throwing hand goes out stays in the game leads a 14 play touchdown drive where he completes six of his seven passes completes all four of his passes on third down and really kind of fired a bullet in there for a touchdown on, on the 15 yarder to cephas and, and to think he did that with with a broken thumb i guess it's just amazing what what you know a person can do with with adrenaline just coursing through their body but um yeah, it, it is Blau's job by default now. He had, a, I think, probably his best preseason showing. Um, obviously, they didn't have preseason last year, but certainly better than his rookie year. Uh, he's a guy that's improving. He doesn't have, I think, the, the physical gifts that Boyle might in terms of arm strength and, and maybe even some of the mobility. But, um, listen, if you're, if you're playing your backup quarterback in the NFL, particularly if you're the Lions with the – you know, maybe the lack of talent you have across the board anyway, you're probably in trouble. So I don't think anybody's losing too much sleep over who their backup quarterback is. Justin DeAndre Swift uh, bothered by uh, a uh, groin issue uh, throughout uh, camp pretty much. Uh, you got him, Jamal Williams. How many running backs uh, do you think Dan Campbell will keep? Yeah, you know, I'll go back to that answer earlier. I, th- I think they're going to keep four. Uh, I think, you know, probably DeAndre Swift's not going to be – I don't know if 100% is the right word, but he just might not be fully up to speed with, with the practice time that he's had to to take his full normal workload. But, you know, that's the benefit of signing a guy like Jamal Williams, right? He's got the uh, background, the experience to and the versatility, really, to, to handle the full workload if need be uh, for those first couple of weeks as, as Swift works himself back in football shape. And, again, I really like what, what Jamar Jefferson's bringing to the table. You know, it's not a guy that you're going to want to count on for 15 or 20 carries a game, but, you know, sprinkle him in there for five, six, seven, eight touches a game. I think he's capable. I really like the vision he shows. You know, when I went back and watched his film from, from Oregon State, uh, I admittedly didn't know a whole lot about him when they drafted him in the seventh round. I think that's not too far uh, out of the norm, not knowing who these, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round guys are. But I was really impressed. The very first play I flipped on was the, the opening play of uh, – game against Oregon, their rivals, you know, much more 
renowned football program. And right on the first play, like Jefferson burst through the hole for a 70-yard touchdown run. And he just has this exceptional patience, the ability to see the hole, not just the initial hole, but, you know, that, that natural instinct that great runners have where they can sense what they're doing at the second level. And, and he saw some of that in preseason three. I think you're okay there as an insurance policy until, until Swift gets, you know, fully, fully healthy. Justin, we're, we're just about out of time. Just a simple yes or no question. This Lions defense has been horrific the last two years. Will they be better this year? Oh, I, I think absolutely. You can't, you can't be worse than you were last year. Only, only up from there. Well, I guess that's a positive. <laughs> that's a great way to end it, Justin. Thank you so much for your time. As always, my friend, hope you and yours are well. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right. That is Justin Rogers covering the Detroit Lions for the Detroit News. And you heard him here on the WJR Sportsbook, where we'll be back with more information to share here on WJR. And let's see here. Uh, Today's Monday. (laughs) And as we've already established, uh, my co-host, Jamie, on the golf course today at Detroit Golf Club. Way to go. I get invited to a lot of these, and I love doing it. Uh, the Feldman Automotive Children's Miracle Celebrity Invitational. Uh, sounds like uh, you were surrounded by a lot of great folks. Yes. I mean, it was, first of all, a great event. And it was a, it was very big, very big at Detroit Golf Club. Both courses, Oof. you know, A and B. But the, the timing wasn't too bad. And there were huge celebrities there. Hello, Mark Wahlberg was there. Sugar no! Ray Leonard was there. No! Yes. Lomas Brown was there. I love him. Lomas Brown. Little shout out to Lomas. One of the great human beings yes. in the history of human beings. Yes. And you know, every time you go to one of these things, it's like, what am I supporting? Well, it's always a great cause. Sure. And this is the Children's Miracle Network's hospitals, which Beaumont oh. is, and money raised, which I'm hearing it could have been a million bucks today. I'm hearing that. That's awesome. It stays in the community where funds are raised, they, critical treatments, health care services, pediatric equipment. That's a great cause. So oh. shout out to all the people, Mark Wahlberg, you know, all the people, my girlfriend, Jacqueline Thompson, who's big in getting this all together. So it was fantastic. Children's Miracle Network. Uh, they've been around for so long doing such great work for uh, kids and families that absolutely need it. And, yeah. You know, there's never a shortage of need. Uh, and they're always there. So yeah. now the uh, question before we get to your special guest, did you lead your team to victory? No, <laughs> we were minus seven, which is average Good. sort of mediocre in the world of these charity golf things. I think someone was, you know, minus 13 or 15 something. Were you north or south course? South. South. Yeah. Sure. I had my whole Very long. nine, but that's all I'm saying about it. I want to <laughs> talk about it. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it was a great cause. Beautiful. Loved it. A guy hobnobbing. Named, you were hobnobbing with hobnobbing people. I was hobnobbing with Jeremy Roenick. Because mm-hmm. guess what? Hockey season's around the corner. So I wanted to talk to him about the Red Wings. But my first question, of course, was the cause. Why'd you come all this way, Jeremy, to Detroit Golf Club? Well, first of all, the greatest thing that we can do is be involved in different charities, raising money for um, kids, for kids that aren't as obviously as lucky as we are to be athletes and um, a lot of underprivileged kids, kids that are sick, kids that need help, kids that need some attention and um, you know seeing what Mark has done in, in the in the in the in this industry uh, being here in Detroit I think uh, 
I got a, I got the opportunity. I got the, I got called in from Donnie, his brother, asking asked if I could come here. And I said, well, what's it for? He said, it's for um, it's for children. It's for uh, the Children's Hospital and and to make sure that we, we, we give these kids something fun and something exciting to let them forget about what's happening in their life. And I think, um, you know, if you're an athlete or a celebrity, and by the way, I hate that word, but if you have the ability to- I mean, you're a celebrity. You're a celebrity. I know, but I hate that word. I hate the word. I hate the word celebrity. I hate the word, you know, hero. But we do have the ability to um, to show up, bring people a lot of uh, a lot of fun, a lot of happiness, and then raise money for for children and do a lot of things for charities. But to to give somebody the opportunity to have a smile on their face when it might not be so easy that day. I mean, it's easy for us to do the golfing. That's what we did. But it raised a lot of money. I don't know what the total is yet, mm -hmm. but. For people in our area too to see big celebrities like you guys, Mark Wahlberg, like I saw so many people here. It was so yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, and that's what um, that's what we love about having that that celebrity power, right? I mean, Mark Wahlberg does it get much bigger as a celebrity? No, power? it does not. No, I, I really don't think. So when you when you have a guy like that that brings in guys like Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, Mar um, with Holmes and. Guys like Marty me, Turco was here. Guys like me, Marty Turco, yeah. Mike Keenan. I mean, they, I mean, you can go on with the celebrity list here, but um, they, they don't get much bigger than Mark Wahlberg in terms of celebrity status. And when he puts his name behind something, and you see this, you see the sponsorships here, you see the people that come and, and pay their money to come play golf and have fun here. I mean, it's it's for the youth foundation. And when when Mark Wahlberg speaks, I think you gotta you gotta you gotta follow along. We talked about this event. Jacqueline's gonna give me like a total, maybe a million dollars. Yeah. Just like crazy. Crazy. And awesome. Um, all right, let's talk about the NHL. It's back. Mm -hmm. And it looks like we're gonna have a full slate of games and it's look like looks like fans are gonna be in the stands. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, well, no question. Um, and I think all of us uh, hope that we get back to some sort of normalcy. And when, if we can get back to some, uh, to a normal season, to an arena that's full, and I would love to have a ring that's full without masks, but you know, whatever, whatever happens. But um, National Hockey League has done a great job of making sure that they do the right things to make sure that everybody's safe and they put the, the product on the ice and let people enjoy the sport while they're going through this awful pandemic time. Um, I won't go into the politics of everything, but I think if, if, if we can just have a full season and all the sports that, all the major sports, football starting on time, hockey starting on time, basketball starting on time, people will start feeling a little bit better about where we are. And for the National Hockey League, it's, it's the best sport in the world. So to get back in, into the swing of things, um, it's gonna be a great year. I love hockey, it's my favorite sport, just saying. Love it. So I'm happy that it's back in its original form and format. So let's talk about the Red Wings. Mm -hmm. There have been some lean years, but people here in Detroit are giving Steve Eiserman a lot of leeway because we trust in him. Where do you think we are in this rebuild? So first of all, you should give it Justin Steve Eiserman. I mean, he built a two-time Stanley Cup winner in, in Tampa. Um, his, his fingerprints were all over that team over the last two years. Um, here in Detroit, I think the, the moves have started. I mean, to get Delkovich as a goaltender um, from Carolina, that's a huge move. Uh, I think um, I think a guy like Nick Letty is gonna be a really good addition to this team. 
they're still young, but I think they have the, the capabilities of, of, of starting. I, I don't want to say starting that rebuild. I think they're going to have a, a year where they're going to they're going to compete, and and I like that because this city needs a winner. This city needs to have something exciting. So I'm always going to root for them. Uh, Dylan Larkin, I talked to him the other day. He's excited to play. He's getting ready to go. Um, hopefully, Bertuzzi has a good year. He fit, he gets back from his surgeries and his injuries. He's be okay, but. I want Detroit to do well, and I think they made some pretty good moves, and I think they'll make some better moves moving forward. Whether the coach is the right guy for the job, I'm hoping he is, but I, I, I trust in Steve Eisman 100%. That guy is an absolute genius when it comes to hockey. Yeah, I mean, they kept Jeff Blaschel. I think they like him for the young development, but perhaps you're thinking as the future rolls on, maybe he's not the guy. Uh, I, I really question it, to tell you the truth. I, I hear he's a great guy. I, I, I don't know much about him. Um, but I don't know how long his leash is. And at this point, when the team's missed the playoffs as many times as they have now in the last five or six years, I can't see the leash being very long. Mm -hmm. We just saw it with the Tigers getting competitive and people starting to get excited again. Mm -hmm. If the Red Wings start to do that and win a game that they wouldn't have won two years ago, I think the fans will start to come back too. In a, in, in, a, in a Detroit minute. It's not going to take long. Um, they're waiting for something to happen that's going to give them the, the reason to get in a car and go downtown. Um, they have the best arena built in America. Um, you know, Little Caesars is, uh, Little Caesars really is the best building. And if they get a little glimpse of energy, a little glimpse of winning, it's going to be a full building. And when they get the full building, then the players start to feel like they have... Then you can get some free agents to come here, and then it's rocking. By the way, this could be an easy place to get free agents here. Easy place to get a free agent. You think still? 100%. Because I think Detroit has changed. It's it's not the same de uh, downtown Detroit that I, that I remember when I was here in the 90s. They've done a great job of rebuilding. I think they are doing an amazing job with the uh, arenas bringing all the teams downtown. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great sports city. Uh, not too many places that have the sports that Detroit has. Um, but they just need a winner. And if they have a consistent winner, they will back them up like nobody's business. And I have a lot of friends here in Detroit. And every single day I hear them complain about why aren't the Lions winning? Why aren't the Red Wings winning? Why aren't the Tigers winning? Why aren't the Pistons winning? And they want it bad. And all they need is just a little something to bite on. If they, if they get that, they're going to come in with everything they have. Nice conversation with JR. Yeah, I liked it. And hockey is right around the corner. The Red Wings are going up north, September 23rd to 28th. That's a great time uh, up there in Traverse City. And, uh, you know, Stevie Y, uh, the dude knows what he's doing. And uh, the, uh, the Red Wings will be resurrected sooner rather than later. You heard it here first. That's the hope. But, you know, you listen to a guy like Jeremy Roenick, uh, who says, you know, some wonderful things about the city, uh, about what the uh, organization is uh, up to. And it will become a very attractive place for free agents. Yeah. When that time comes. Right. I don't know if they're right there yet. I don't either. But I like the moves that Steve Weiserman has made. I could see his vision. It seems like those blue liners are going to be ready this year to come up here and play. Oh, yeah. So maybe those free agents aren't too far off from coming. Well, you know, in, and he mentioned, uh, you know, why aren't the Lions winning? And, you know, been around for a while. And, and, you know, everybody, there is no better 
NFL fan than a Lions fan. I've experienced it. You've experienced it. Uh, everybody gets so on board with every change that this organization has made. Every year, and, the hope, you know, is there. And it just they doesn't work it. out. And as I've said a billion times, and when the Red Wings, were you here in town when the Red Wings won their cups? Last time was 2008, <clears throat> and yeah. I was not here here in Detroit. But I was, you know, in Lansing. Right. Um, it was a great party. A wonderful party. Mm-hmm. The party uh, that they had after their 42-year drought ended. Bigger. Yes, it yeah. was amazing. But that will be made to look like a teetotaler <laughs> when the Lions win a Super Bowl. There is some day when this is going to happen for the Lions. There is some day. I don't know if they're the next team to win a championship here. That's the discussion in town. Which is it, do you think? I I really appreciate the job A.J. Hinch is doing with the Tigers. Yes, maybe manager of the year. I think that uh, he has got this team uh, very important, believing in themselves. And if Chris Illich follows through and opens up the purse strings just a little bit for some uh, top-shelf free agents, and look, there's some pretty darn good homegrown talent. In a few short years, the Tigers have gone from having one of the worst minor league systems Mm -hmm. to one of the best. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that says a lot there. But you spend a couple of bucks because there is nothing like a uh, playoff chase in Detroit in August. True. Pretty cool. True, true. Well, Chris Illich was at this event. I was at the Hamtramck Stadium that they're going to redo. He said they're ready to spend. Well, you know what? Hopefully that will be the case. Uh, Not a whole lot of time left, as it turns out, in this edition of the uh, WJR Sportsbook, but we still have some things to throw your way. Don't you dare go away. It's 760 WJR. Yes, once again, thank you very much to our good friends at WinBet for uh, making this radio program possible, and uh, let's bring them into the conversation, some unfinished business. Uh, WinBet has your Detroit Lions, by the way, at uh, five and a half. Uh, That is win total. Um, which way do you go? Mm, under. I'm right there with you. I got him at four. Okay. And I. That sounds fair. I have a pretty good feel about that number. Who are they beating? <laughs> Put you on the spot. You don't have to answer that. It's early. I've looked at the schedule a uh, half a gazillion times and, uh, you know, I, I, I would love to be able to say that with a great deal of confidence that the Lions are going to win 11 games. But I think we're still a few years away from that. I mean, that would be fun to say. It would be awesome to say. I don't think you should say that. No, because uh, (laughs) after the complete and utter darkness of the last three years. There's a cloud still. Well, the window is taken out of my sails, and that's just the way it is. Uh, So you're going under. I'm saying there's a cloud from the previous. Oh. That's what I meant by that, by the way. Um, you know, hope was completely bankrupt here. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. And look, you're talking about a fan base who's had their hope ripped out more times than not. I think Ted Lasso says it's the hope that kills you. Yeah. I believe that's from Ted Lasso. Uh, producer Nick Roddy, over under five and a half. I would go, I'll go under. I, I think five's the number. I, I saw a couple of other sites. Winbet has five and a half. I ca- saw a couple other sites say five. So I wouldn't bet if it was five. But 
on five and a half, I'd say under. Uh, how about this? Uh, again, from uh, WinBet. Dan Campbell, coach of the year, plus 3,000. I mean, that, I mean, put a little money down. Is you can worth, win a lot. Worth a couple bucks? That's my point. No. Uh, <laughs> this might be just, just to have a running gag, okay. so to speak. Reaching the Super Bowl, right. your Detroit Lions, plus 15,000. Huh? I mean, huh? Put 100 bucks down. Why not? 50 apiece? Yeah, I'll go in with you. <laughs> Could you imagine? Nick, you want in? We could go two hundred. We win thirty grand. Yeah. You know, you know, there are people who do that every year. No, yeah. no matter oh, what. Yeah, put a couple hundred in on the Lions, no matter what. Because one of these days, <laughs> and they've said that every year. You're right. Well, look, there's a lot of people that are in lottery clubs, and there's, you know, for the most part, anyway. It's a, kind of a general statement, but there's no payback on that. It's just fun to be involved in the game. Sure. Uh, Fifteen grand. To reach the Super Bowl. I'm looking at their schedule. Are they beating the Bengals on October 17th? Uh, no. Well, who do you have them beating? Not the 49ers. 49ers starters look good. The Bears are not going to be good. Okay. You got Bears. Uh, the Vikings, they'll split with them. Okay. They got Packers, Seahawks, Falcons, Cardinals. Maybe Cardinals? Yeah, I don't know. Cardinals. Uh, have Lions some... are home. Aspirations of winning the NFC West. Mm, okay, we don't have to do this. We could do this in two weeks. Yeah, that's when it's going to be uh, fun. But yeah. anyway, just some uh, things to talk about there. And by the way, uh, while we're talking about what's coming up, uh, your Michigan State Spartans will get uh, Mel Tucker's second season underway. Friday night, as a matter of fact, Evanston, Illinois, uh, 9 o'clock kick. I don't, I don't understand the logic there. Me neither. A nine o'clock Chicago kick? time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that's our time. Oh, okay. So eight o'clock. Yeah, it'll be eight o'clock there, and eight o'clock uh, starts are, are are long. I've talked to a lot of coaches, you know, D'Antonio and Izzo and Coach Tucker, and you know these guys. There's only so many times you can hit the buffet, yeah, <laughs> and have a meeting and take a nap. Right. I Watch mean, film. It, it's a long day. Uh, the uh, Spartans will go in there again. Uh, from Winbet, uh, they are three-point dogs. Um, meanwhile, uh, the Western Michigan Broncos will get things going at the Big House. Uh, that'll be Saturday, high noon. Uh, the Wolverines, as it turns out, favored by 17. Hmm. Western Michigan was good last year. 17 uh, for, you know, this type of tilt is, you know, you got an in-state team. Uh, you know, I've always said. I think that's too many points. Well, MAC teams have a tendency of competing. Yeah, playing up. They got a chip in their mm-hmm. shoulder. Yeah, seventeen's. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, downstroke there. Uh, so uh, we'll see. Meanwhile, uh, you've got Michigan. They have named Cade McNamara as their starting QB. As far as the Spartans go, uh, we are still waiting for that information. Anthony Russo, the uh, transfer uh, Temple, and uh, Peyton Thorne, uh, who I thought had a lot of poise last year. Mm-hmm. and Especially uh, against Penn State. Yeah, uh, he uh, played relatively well. I guess the competition is neck and neck. Mel Tucker knows who the starter is going to be. 
Uh, to my knowledge, they have not come out and uh, said exactly who that'll be. Maybe he'll make the big announcement when I chat with him Friday morning on the Paul W. Smith Maybe. show. Maybe. Maybe he'll make that reveal. I uh, doubt it. The Wildcats say that the Spartans know who the quarterback is. They're just not telling them. So they'll prepare for both. All right. But you know what? And we were talking uh, off the air. Uh, look, it's going to be so great to have uh, live, live people, not cardboard cutouts, at these uh, venues. Uh, you know, going to East Lansing last year, uh, I, I know what the game day atmosphere is like there, and it's just absolutely insane. And to pull up and have nobody there uh, was just unbelievably weird. Yeah. I mean, I was at Michigan, Michigan State at Michigan. Right. And that's usually the game of the, yes. you know, it was odd. Uh, you know, on the Lions, they got things opened up as well at Fort Field. Uh, gets a, a, a little bit rowdy there. Uh, so it's going to be great to have these venues packed. Even go down to high school. I was at oh, that yeah. kickoff classic. Yeah. The cheerleaders are there. The band is there. Feels like normal life. And I hope it stays that way. Me too. Because we've got these uh, variants that are wreaking havoc again, and I'm just passing it along. I'm just the messenger. Some science folks are saying there's going to be a surge in fall, so you know, cross your fingers that uh, we're able to enjoy uh, football at all levels in person. I have a producer at DIV who has a big trip planned for Monday night at Green Bay. He's just hoping that goes and he can go. See, that's a bucket list moment. Right. You know, going to Lambeau for crying out loud. All right, uh, that's going to do it up for this edition. Thank you so much for uh, checking us out. Uh, Jamie, we'll, uh, next week's uh, holiday, so yes. we get a little week off to kick back and Well, relax. I'll be at WDIV if you want to hear me talk about sports. I, I, will, <laughs> I will tune in as always. Nick Roddy, producer. Eric Dorsch, uh, taking care of the buttons. I'm Steve Courtney saying thank you very much for listening to WJR.